Welcome to the podcast of Christ Church in Town in Jacksonville, Florida. We are seeking the renewal of all things in Jesus Christ. Towards that end, we are committed to cultivating personal transformation in Christ, an uncommon fellowship of racially and economically diverse individuals, and the flourishing of our neighbors. To join our local body in membership or financial support, visit ChristChurchInTown.org. Brother Kyle, you are certainly right. We all have a limp. And it is soothing to know that this series that we're continuing in, in the book of Galatians, it tells us where to lean when we got a limp. And that's on the grace that's only provided to us through Christ Jesus. So as we continue in our series, Sister Libby Ryan will lead us in our scripture reading, and I'm asking those that can and will to please stand for the reading of God's word. Our reading today is Galatians 4, 21 through 31. Tell me, you who desire to be under the law, do you not listen to the law? For it is written that Abraham had two sons, one by a slave woman and one by a free woman. But the son of the slave was born according to the flesh, while the son of the free woman was born through promise. Now this may be interpreted allegorically. These women are two covenants. One is from Mount Sinai, bearing children for slavery. She is Hagar. Now Hagar is Mount Sinai in Arabia. She corresponds to the present Jerusalem, for she is in slavery with her children. But the Jerusalem above is free, and she is our mother, for it is written, Rejoice, O barren one who does not bear. Break forth and cry aloud, you who are not in labor. For the children of the desolate one will be more than those of the one who has a husband. Now you brothers, like Isaac, are children of promise. But just as at the time he who was born according to the flesh persecuted him who was born according to the spirit, so also it is now. But what does the scripture say? Cast out the slave woman and her son, for the son of the slave woman shall not inherit with the son of the free woman. So brothers, we are not children of the slave, but of the free woman. This is the word of the Lord. It is absolutely true and given to us in love. Before I get into today's message, I just want to say something. Last time I, when I was here um, and I preached, I said that I often wonder why God chose me to be a part of this church. And I thought about something that I've shared with, with a few people here. And as I was standing out and I was looking into a crowd of faces where the majority of them don't look like mine, and I thought about what God promised me um, many, many years ago in 1994. Um, I, I have complete confidence that the Lord told me that I will speak to a crowd, a multicultural crowd. And as I stand here today, I'm reminded of that, that God's word is always true. If he says it, that settles it. You know, where I pastored at before, we had two non-African-American members. There were two white people in that church. And I was happy <laughs> because, I, because I really thought, God, you are true to your word. You are true to your word. And when I stand here today, I was like, man, I was wrong because God has so much, so, something so much greater than that. 
So I just want to encourage you, if you're standing on the promises of God, you hold true because God's word will come to pass. Amen? Amen. 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 Now, today's lesson. That's, that's sermon number one. Now, Paul, there, there, there is a saying that the world is divided into two kinds of people. It is those who divide people into groups and those who didn't. And apparently the apostle Paul, he divided those into the group. He, he was one of those who divided the world into groups of people. He divided the world in either slaves or free. And those who are slaves are slaves to the law. They are outside of Christ. But those who are free are in Christ and they live by faith. So the contrast here is either law or faith. It's between religion and bondage and spiritual freedom. So we have a choice. We have a choice of spiritual bondage or, or religious bondage or spiritual freedom. Now, in this particular passage, we, we get to where Dave started last week that Paul had planted this church, and as a result of planting this church, there were other Jewish Christians that were coming in, and they were trying to add to the gospel. They were trying to add the law of Moses to the gospel. They was adding the, you had to do the law of Moses, and you had to believe in Jesus Christ. So, now, in the third chapter, Paul kind of harshly spoke to him like, who has bewitched you? Who has tricked you? Who has caused you to go back? You free. Why you want to go back? And so what we get here is obviously he is finishing up on what he was telling them. And he was, if I can put it in, in terms that some of y'all might not understand, he was telling them off. He, he was giving them the business. Are y'all following me? Look, look, at, look at verse 21. He says, Tell me, you who desire to be under the law, do you not listen to the law? He said, listen, y'all who want to be under the law, do, do you even listen to the law? Because if you really listen to the law, you wouldn't want to be under the law. If you really understood the law, the law is trying to tell you, don't be under me, I ain't good for you. Because who can, who can keep the law? So he was like, if you really understood that, that the law is bondage, if you really understood that the law was changed, if you really understood that you could never achieve the law, why do you want to be under the law? So, so I don't know about y'all, but, but that's kind of like us in so many senses. We free, but we still feel like um, I got to do more than what's already been given to me. I, I got to do more. We, 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 we decide that Christianity becomes this thing that has a whole bunch of do's and don'ts. There's a whole bunch of lists. You can't go here. You can't wear that. You can't eat this. You can't drink that. And we spend all our lives trying to check all those boxes. And, and, and the more we try to check, the more we realize that we can't even keep the one that we're working on right now. So, so there, there, there is something about this. See, we reduce our faith to just a list of rules and traditions. We, we, we determine who we are spiritually by the things that we do for God rather than the things that Christ has already done for us. Am I talking to anybody in here? 
If truth be told, y'all, we, we, we got some stuff that we said this morning that we ain't going to do no more. In our morning prayer, we already said, God, God, I ain't doing this, I ain't doing this, and I ain't doing this. <laughs> Let a little time pass. Am I, am I talking to somebody who know what I'm talking about? That, that, that even though you don't want to do it, that becomes the very thing that you do. And, and when you do that thing, your, your worth in who you are begins to go down. You, you know when you do something that you ought not do, you tend to feel bad about that. I, I, I can talk about me. I'm glad that my worth ain't in that thing that I can't stop doing. Amen? Look, look, look. Aren't, aren't you glad about that? Because rather you do what I do or not, you still do something that you don't want to do. And I'm glad that Jesus died for that too. So, so when we list these things and, and when, we, when we find our worth in these things, we become like that Pharisee in Luke chapter 18. And, and our prayers go like this. God, I thank you that I'm not like those other men, those extortioners, those unjust, the adulterers, or even like this tax collector. We begin to look at other people and we judge who we are based on what other people do. Amen. Yeah, yeah, we do that. Yeah. Look, rather you nod or not, we do that. We size ourselves up based on other people, and we determine who we are in Christ based on what other people do. Thank you, girl. <laughs> Y'all, that, that, that is the worst thing to do, to compare, uh, compare yourself to somebody else. Because Jesus died for them, and he died for you. He died for all the stuff they're doing and all the stuff that you're doing that don't nobody know about. So, why do you want to be under the law? If you realize what it was, if you realize the bondage that was attached to it, you wouldn't want to do that. Look at this. Look at this. Let's go to the next verse. Verse 22 says this. For, for it is written that Abraham had two sons, one by a slave woman and one by a free woman. But the son of the slave was born according to the flesh, while the son of the, of the free woman was born through the promise. God had promised Abraham that he would make him a great nation. It says these words, I will make of you a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and honor those, listen, who honor you. I will curse. Wait a minute. I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you, I will curse. And in, all your, in, in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So once you get this promise, and it does not look like it's happening, looks like God has forgotten. Y'all, y'all, y'all realize what happened, right? Well, if you don't, I'm going to tell you. So God had given Abraham this promise, and and. Time had passed, and it looks like it was not going to happen. And so Abraham's wife said to him, don't look, obviously, I'm paraphrasing. Now, don't look like God's going to do this through me because I'm old. I'm past childbearing age. So I'm not going to be able to do for you 
what needs to be done so you can be the father of many nations. So she tells him, I got this young, hot maid. Y'all follow me? You go down there and you, uh, you talk to her. And he went down there and he did a little more than talking. Uh-huh. He went down there. And guess what happened? From that connection, there was a son that was born. Can you imagine? He probably was happy about that. That this is the son. This will be the one. But then God revisits him and tells him that your seed, the promise, is going to come through your wife, Sarah. Can you imagine this, y'all? Can you imagine that she, she herself recognized that she's beyond being able to produce a child? I don't know if that's true anymore because older and old, I saw something on, the, on Facebook. There was an old lady. She just recently had a baby. Yeah, yeah, okay. Somebody else besides me saw it. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's pretty good. You hear me? <laughs> but, but can you imagine what that must have been like? Can you imagine the thought that was going through her mind that I could never do this? I'm not going to be able to do this. And God visits you when, when you are past the age. God says the promise is going to come through you. See, see, the problem is that Abraham's and Sarah's way of thinking was thinking that, that God had forgotten. But see, when you know that God's an all-knowing God, you'll never think he's forgotten. When, when, when you realize that there's nothing too hard for God and you know that he's all-powerful, he may not do it when you want to do it. He'll do it when he's ready to do it. And this is evident in, in, in Abraham and Sarah's life. It didn't happen when they were young because Abraham was almost 100. Look, he should have been past baby-bearing age. <laughs> but yet, God worked through him. Isn't that something, y'all? That, that God can, can work and God can, can do things that's beyond what we think is possible. That, look, that, 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 that ain't really where I want to go in this sermon, but that'll, that'll help somebody somewhere. Because you, be, you, you may be holding on to something that you think ain't going to happen, but if God has said it, that has settled it. If he's uttered those words, you can rest on that. So verse 24 says this. Now, this may be interpret, per, interpreted allegorically. These women are two covenants. One is from Mount Sinai, bearing children for slavery. She is Hagar. Hagar. Now, Hagar is Mount Sinai in Arabia. She corresponds to the present Jerusalem, for she is in slavery with her children. But the, child, but the Jerusalem above is free, and she is our mother. For it is written, Rejoice, O barren one, who does not bear children, break forth and cry aloud, you who are not in labor. For the children of the desolate one will be more than those of the one who has a husband. So I want to talk about verse 24 before we move for a second. Now, I've been told 
especially since I have become a part of the PCA church, that you shouldn't preach allegorically. Okay? You, you shouldn't do that. Yeah, I, I learn, I'm, I'm learning that. You know, that's, that's frowned upon. Okay? That's frowned upon. But the Apostle Paul, he says in this passage that he, he's, 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 it can be interpreted allegorically. And what an allegory is, it, it is a story that, that uses time. It, it uses, it uses specific people and places, and it stands for deep spiritual truth. So listen to this. The Galatians were familiar with allegories. Uh, Charles Ryken in his commentary on Galatians says this, that a famous allegory is the Pilgrim's Progress written by John Bunyan. The characters have names like Christian, Faithful, and Hopeful. They travel to places like Doughton Castle and Hill of Difficulties. Bunyan, Bunyan was not writing about a history or geography, he was telling a story to make a spiritual point. So this connection between Isaac and Ishmael, it is not quite an allegory. It's about real sons who had real mothers. But what Paul recognized here was that the history of Abraham's sons had something to do with the significance of how God treated his people, how God cared for his people. See, Isaac represented grace. Ishmael represented the law. Isaac represented the spirit, but Ishmael represented the flesh. Isaac represented divine dependence upon uh, to God, while, while Ishmael recognized, represented self-alliance. Haggai was the mother of Ishmael, who represented the old covenant, which meant slavery to the law. So anyone who is in bondage, who is a slave, a slave to legalism, those who try to justify who they are by keeping the law are slaves and are, in fact, children of Hagar. Are y'all with me? So, so, so if you are trying to, to find your worth, if you're trying to justify who you are uh, based on what you do or through the law, you are a spiritual child of Hagar. I don't know about y'all, but I'm so glad I'm free. I'm so glad I'm free because uh, if you're a slave, you're, you're in bondage. But Sarah, she represented the new covenant, not one of the law, but the one of promise. The promise was that Abraham would be a father. He, 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 nations would come from him and her. Are y'all following me so far? So there, there was something that was there. The law don't come with a bunch of thou shalt nots and thou shalt. Are y'all following me? The law comes with, I will, I will be your God. I will redeem you of your sins. I will give you the gift of eternal life. That is good news, y'all. That is good stuff that, that we, we, God knew that we couldn't keep it, so he decided, I will do this for you. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that's a point where the church should have said amen. amen. I will do this for you because you cannot... Do it for yourself. See, Paul knew that there was a joy and freedom in Christ. That's why he sung verse number, number 27. Now, you got to understand, now, Paul was this guy 
Paul was killing folk for not keeping the law. And this is Paul now telling this story. Paul says this. He says, rejoice, O barren one, who does not, who does not bear. Break forth and cry out loud. He, like, no matter what it's like, go ahead and rejoice. Because he knows that there's a joy in Christ. Listen, why, why, why would you rejoice? Why would you be happy if things aren't going your way? I believe Paul was saying this, because if God says it, that sells it. He says, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead and rejoice. Break forth and cry aloud, you who are not in labor. For the children of the desolate one will be more than those of the one who has a husband. The connection is obvious, y'all. Sarah was barren, but God blessed her with a multitude of sons and daughters. The words of these songs was connected to the Jerusalem of Paul's day. You know why? Because the city was barren. Children of Israel, people of Jerusalem had been taken into exile. Jerusalem didn't look like much. But the prophet Isaiah, where Paul took this from, was prophesizing that Jerusalem again would be a great city. Y'all, and when we are children of Sarah, we're part of that great city. Amen. Yeah, there you go. There you go. We are part of that great city. That promise is happening right now. Anytime a boy, a girl, a man, or a woman receives Christ into their, into their heart, guess what happened? New Jerusalem is being multiplied. The city is growing. Listen, it says, when I think about that any man, any boy, any girl, uh, in, 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 any woman who accepts Christ in their heart, I'm reminded of this song that I learned in Sunday school. And a line in the words goes like this. Red and yellow, black and white, we are all precious in his sight. Are y'all following me? So, so that, that, that city of New Jerusalem is going to have folk that are red, yellow. Are, are y'all following me? New Jerusalem is a city, y'all, that I'd be so glad when all God's children get together. Are y'all following me? See, 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 if you're a slave, you ain't got no reason to rejoice. But if Sarah is your mama and Abraham is your daddy, you got a reason to rejoice about New Jerusalem. Aren't we all trying to get to the New Jerusalem? Okay, okay. I know that's right. So here it is. He's, look at this. Look at verse 28. I'm, I'm almost done. I'm almost done. I got a couple more times to say that, so. <laughs> Look what he says. Verse 28. Let's go to verse 28. Now you brothers, like Isaac, are children of the promise. But just at, as at the, that time, he who was born according to the flesh persecuted him who was born according to the Spirit. So also is it now. It's important to know, just because you're a child of the promise, don't mean that everything going to always be all right for you right here. Amen. We, need, we need to understand that. Because Ishmael was of the flesh, and Isaac was of the Spirit. There, there, there is, I won't try to go too deep in the geography, 
but there's a war going on. And it's, be, it's between Hagar's churn and Sarah's churn. It's happening right now. We see it on, we see it on the news every day. So, so that there is something happening. But rest assured, brothers and sisters, if you belong to Sarah, you got a reason to rejoice. Are, are y'all following me? I, I don't care what it looked like. I don't care who looks like they winning right now. There's coming a day, there's coming a time when the new Jerusalem is going to rise up. Are y'all following me? Yeah. Amen, y'all. We got, we got a reason to be happy. So what Paul is saying here, you brothers, you sisters, you boy, you girl, you black man, you white man, you yellow man, you red man, we are of Isaac and we are free. Are, are y'all following me? We are free. We got no reason to walk around with our head down. Amen. Listen, and, and if you know that you cannot do, do this on your own, you know that this is beyond you, why do you want to be under the law? Can anybody in here keep themselves? Hmm? I mean, let, let, let's talk. You may not do this, but you do a whole lot of that. <laughs> Maybe this ain't your thing, but you got some stuff over here. Y'all, y'all, we need, we, need to be wrapped, we need to be wrapped in the freedom. We need to accept the gift. See, the reason, the reason stuff is happening is because we try to make things happen. And we know when we try to make things happen, what do we tend to make? Not just a mess, a very big mess. Yeah. Yeah. Hey Amen. We, we spend a lot of time. We, we are so focused on getting out of that mess, we don't enjoy the freedom that's been given to us. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we're, we're stuck in, in a dunghill <laughs> full of cow manure, spinning our wheels. And there's a, there, look, look. There's a wellspring of a freedom over here. Look, we're trying to clean ourselves before we come over here. <laughs> Listen, the cleaning agent is over here. All this stuff over here just make you more and more and more stuff. The cleaning agent works over here. You need, you look, you need to get your dirty self up. And embrace was already, already there for you. So I, I'm glad I'm free. Look, look at this. Look at this. Let's go to verse 30. I think about this before, right before we go there. I think about this song that we sing in the African-American church. It's by Milton Bronson. And most of the times you, you hear it at a funeral. And the words are these. I am free. Praise the Lord. I'm free, no longer bound, no more change holding me. My soul is resting. It's just a blessing. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I'm free. And, and, and we hear that a lot at funerals, at home-going services. But I recognize that there's a freedom that's extended to those that are living. 
Sometimes we're only looking forward to being free when we're dead, when we're absent from this body and present with the Lord. But when you know that you're free, there's a freedom that will allow your soul to rest in the time of trouble. Are y'all with me? There could be chaos around you. But when you know who you belong to, when you know who your daddy is, you can have a rest. Your soul can rest right here in the right now. So somebody needs to be saying, I'm free. Hallelujah. I'm free. Are y'all with me? Praise the Lord. I'm free. Verse 30 says this. But what does the scripture say? Cast off the slave woman and her son, for the son of the slave woman shall not inherit with the son of the free woman. That's good stuff right there, y'all. <laughs> Listen, the slave woman's son is not going to get what the free woman's son does. Praise the Lord. It says, so brethren, we are not children of the slave, but of the free. How, how do we cast off the slave woman? How, how do we cast off the slave woman? By standing firm in the promises of God. By standing against legalism in the church, against false doctrine. By asking God to cast out every trace of legalism that's in our hearts, realizing it's not about what we do for God, but what God has done for us in Christ Jesus. I'm going to read this in closing from Martin Luther. He explains it this way. Those who try to achieve the status of sons and heirs by righteousness of the law or by their own righteousness are slaves who will never receive inheritance, even though they work themselves to death with their great efforts. For they are trying contrary to the will of God to achieve by their own works that what God has granted to believers by the sure grace for Christ's sake. So I want to leave you with this question, brothers and sisters. Are you a slave? Or are you free? If you want to be free, receive the gift of his grace through Jesus Christ. Then we can all join together and sing this one song. We are not, of the, we are not children of the slave woman, but of the free. I am no longer a slave, for I am free. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for setting me and my brothers and sisters free. Thank you, God, for saving us when we were dead in our trespasses and sins. God, I pray that you would help us stand in the freedom and never cause us to ever be entangled again in the yoke of bondage and in the yokes of sin. Father, I pray that you would teach us to live out the meaning of what it means 
for whom the Son has set free. We are free indeed. I thank you in Christ's name. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you would like more information or would like to help support the local body of Christ Church in town, please visit our website at ChristChurchInTown.org.